Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Sam. Antha. Samantha. We were going to call me Samantha. <laughs> and we're Friday no, no, we Night Games. We have to start that over. We have to start that over. It's Friday night, everybody. You know what that means. It's Friday night. Let's have some fun. Let's get together and play a ton. John isn't here tonight, but the two of us want to immerse you into our love of the hobby by educating and entertaining you through our board game adventures. Our podcast lands every Friday, and we create content for Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. This episode is sponsored by tabletoprenaissance.ca, located in our hometown of Windsor, Ontario. Check out their web store at tabletoprenaissance.ca for your board game and tabletop miniature needs. On today's show, I'm joined by my lovely wife, Samantha, and we're <laughs> going to discuss playing board games with our significant others, which may be a completely different perspective from her perspective, where your significant other is not really into board games. At the end of this podcast, you might gain some tips on how to get your significant other, like Samantha, to play board games with you. She's uh, looking at me right now. Hi, Samantha. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show at such short notice. Thanks for finally asking me two years into hosting this podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you know you have to play board games to get on the podcast, right? I have played a handful of board games <laughs> in my life. At least, as, at least four. As you stare at me behind shelves and shelves of board games. <laughs> I'm sure I can recognize a name or two from the shelves behind you. <laughs> yeah, some of them might even be yours in the corner. <laughs> so where can the listeners find you? Do you have a social media presence at all? I do have a social media presence for my business, which is Strong Body Yoga and Fitness Studio in Windsor. And our social media handle is StrongBodyYF. And that's most Mostly yoga and fitness images and videos. I also have personal accounts, but that's mostly selfies of myself or pictures of the dog. Right. And I actually built your on-demand website. So if you want some yoga videos, you could check out ondemand.strongbodystudio.ca. This is true. Yeah. And you can get a pretty good workout. Seven-day trial, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not paid at all, but uh, you know, anything to help out my wife make some money. Cool. So you mentioned the type of social media experiences. Did you do anything in the past? Did you ever have like a blog or anything? I, I did at one time. You know what I really love? I love how you're cringing that I'm bringing up things that are on your paper. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that question. Yeah, I did at one time have a blog, but it is presently defunct. Do people still have blogs these days? Yeah, people do. People still have WordPress sites. In fact, I think like people will have like a WordPress site plus a podcasting website. Podcasting is like the new WordPress. So uh, most people will have like Podbean and then Podbean uses like a WordPress plugin, basically. Fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> yeah, I do miss your baking blog though, because I remember that one time you were baking like cinnamon buns every day for like two months. Mm -hmm. I was trying to get the perfect cinnamon bun. Yeah, we gained like 20 pounds that, that year. It was a good year. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, now that we got that out of the way, <laughs> and that was improv, Samantha. Okay, here we go. So let's just get this out in the open. For years, I've been collecting lots and lots of board games. I see that, yeah. <laughs> I've noticed. <laughs> yeah. You notice through bank account statements. <laughs> so I've been collecting tons and tons of board games, like all sorts, and not just games targeted at me, you know. How come you don't want to play anything with me? I didn't realize that this was a therapy session. It is, yeah. Our... Our, all our podcasts are therapy <laughs> sessions. Is this actually being recorded for the podcast, or are you sending this to a psychologist? 
<laughs> uh, what do you consider, Kevin? <laughs> Why don't I want to play board games with you? It's not that I don't want to play board games with you in particular. It's that I just don't want to play board games. <laughs> I'm a very competitive person and in my spare time I don't want to feel that that stress of competition so that's why, why I tend to avoid board games and the process of learning the games is is quite cumbersome and quite boring for me like I just want to jump right into it so you'd rather play a game you already know yes or you want to be like the fourth or fifth person in a game where everyone else knows what they're doing so yes. they can teach you yeah. pretty quickly yes I, I want seven people in the game to already know what they're doing and then you can ask people I can questions just easily follow along what about what about some of your friends like do they like speaking of like your close friends like they're not really board game people either some of them are some of them are but we don't tend to play board games with each other no but but even if they are board game people they're you know they're not are you a board game person like you're like an extreme board game person yeah i, I have friends who i would consider board game people if i didn't include you in that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm like the math term. I'm an outlier. I'm to the extreme side of that, right? Yes, exactly. Sometimes we don't have similar tastes, though, in our board games. So I prefer things that are like a little more like word games. I also like games where there's like acting or drawing involved, whereas that's not really your jams. Uh, like I'll play them. Yeah, it's you just... play them, but that's not what you prefer. Right. Yeah, you, you, you're right. Like when I go shopping, I'm not like staring at the word games thinking like, oh, man. I can't wait to give this one to the table. Exactly. But I mean, I feel like a year into our podcast, I was a little more open to getting games that everyone can play. But then when I bought all those games, COVID happened. So then. If you're an avid listener, you know that. I say it all the time, right? <laughs> it's okay. They, they'll they be revived again. Party games will be a thing soon. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so if you listeners are unaware, I help run this podcast along with John, who couldn't make it tonight, but that's okay. So we have our, our, our other co-host, Samantha, which maybe if you if you like Samantha, give us a shout out and we'll put her on the show all the time. Woo! <laughs> Kevin, can you put in some cheering sounds in the background? <laughs> and this is a board game podcast. And, you know, I'm into board games and probably spend way too much money on the hobby. Confirmed by you, Samantha. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, the, the board game budget steadily goes up every year. Yes. But like we said earlier, you're no stranger to board games either. What games did you grow up playing? So let's try and define you as as a board game person. I mean, what games I, I grew up playing, I don't know that that would necessarily define me as a board game person. But we had, <laughs> the games that we had were from this cache of board games that we found in the attic of my dad's old office building and forbidden games <laughs> somebody had left them there so we claimed them so we i remember claimed having, them or stole them is there a difference took them yes they <laughs> we took them to our home how old yes. were you i was probably around four or five okay. at the time but we continued to play those games and i might have some of them actually behind you like parcheesi that was from the the old attic cache of games battleship was another one that i really liked playing we played clue but it was hard because you have to find somebody else to play with you mm -hmm. and we also used to play with my family trivial pursuit the genus edition but that was when i was like under the age of 10 so try answering those questions as a child right pretty impossible when i was with like my cousins as a kid we would play games like the grape escape do you remember that one it was like you had like grapes that were molded out of play-doh and then they went through 
through this like maze and sometimes I got smashed Mash or yeah, they got yeah. like you rolled know up I totally tears. had that game. I actually have. I, we had a lot of board games. That was a fun up. game. Yeah. So we used to play that with them. There was also a game that you might not be familiar with called Pretty Pretty Princess. I don't know if you know that one, but I do actually. Did you have yeah, that game? I was a pretty pretty princess. I'm sure you can also confirm that. <laughs> You didn't actually have that game though, did you? No. <laughs> I think so. I think our friends had it. We had like, like my mom had like a doppelganger couple we used to hang out with and, and I'm pretty sure they had it. Yeah, that was a fun game because you would just go around the board collecting jewelry from the center Ooh. and the person, once you collected, I think a ring and a necklace and a bracelet and the crown, then you were the pretty, pretty princess. So it was, it was pretty, pretty fun as a child. Pretty, pretty fun. <laughs> Pretty, pretty hilarious. Um, <laughs> well, that's a pretty, pretty interesting fact there. And and then like older, older, like university or like late high school and into university, we played Cranium a lot. And that was, was always fun because I told you I like drawing games and acting and words. Like it literally has everything that I like about a game. It has trivia, it has drawing, it has acting, and it has words. Like how could you not love that game? Yeah, Cranium, we actually discussed on Bridge City Board Gamers podcast. I brought up Scriblish and I couldn't bring up Scriblish without talking about Cranium since your family used to play that a lot. And yes. I got... I learned that from your family. Yeah, that was such a fun game and I haven't played it in a while, but I would love to play it again. So that's the kind of things that I used to play. and But I, I do kind of, like I said, tend to kind of veer towards trivia games or word games. To define it, you're into word games, trivia games. You like Scrabble. You like Letter Jam when I, when I introduced you to that. I did like Letter Jam. So this is a little bit of a side here, but our first board game experience was playing what? Domain. <laughs> No one can see you cringing and looking down <laughs> right now. So that was actually part of the cache of board games from The Attic. And I used to play it by myself because it's a two-player game and you just basically put down tiles. It's kind of like Wait, Tetris. why did you only play it by yourself? Because nobody would play with me. Why is that? Because I don't have friends. So it's kind of like Tetris where you put down pieces and and I thought that I was good at the game, but turns out you're better. And you are better <laughs> at all of any sort of like strategy type of game where you have to kind of think and plan out where you're going to put things. Yeah, you, you are better at all those games. So, but you know, I'm not on. good at next question. You know, I'm not, <laughs> not competitive at all, everybody. Uh, you know, you know what game you're good at, though. Oh, I know. Monster Mash. Yeah. Monster Mash. That was on your YouTube channel because we did mm -hmm. film it. You brought me downstairs spontaneously for a Halloween Twitch stream and told me to play Monster Mash. And turns out I, I still got it. I told you. <laughs> I demanded. <laughs> forced you down there. Yeah, no, you, you offered of, you, you offered to play it. Actually. If we played it, you'd play it. Mm, yeah, but you really did. You really way. did kick our butt, though. And John was like super shocked at the skill. Yeah, that's the only skill that I have in my life. Like I'm. <laughs> wow. Kate, <laughs> you're. <I'm> <laughs> no, no, I'm incredibly skilled at playing Monster Mash. Like uh, I'll, I'm not gonna even be humble about it. That's I'm really good at it. Other things in life, not so much. Yeah, you know what? If you're a listener who ever wants to challenge my wife at Monster Mash, throw it up there. Monster Mash I'm challenge. In. I'm in. Uh, she'll beat you like 100. <laughs> percent Definitely check out the video on the YouTube channel. It, yeah. it has, as of this recording, a whopping 46 views. So tiles are flying. It's actually one of our highly watched videos. <laughs> <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably more watched than our regular content on there, which is kind of hilarious. 
All right. Well, that was fun. Okay. Well, let's get back into it again. So you've been to a board game store probably to buy me a game. Oh, I've definitely bought you games from board games. Uh, I know. And you watch me play or more than likely you watch me set up. Plan for, learn the rules for, all of that stuff for games. Yeah. Yeah, It only takes like 10 minutes usually, right? Right. Um, What is not appealing about those games? Well, first of all, just watching (laughs) you try to learn the rules to the games and be like, I always got to learn the rules. (laughs) well no one else wants to do it so exactly and you always bite the bullet because you're a good guy like that take one for the team but it's a lot of work learning the rules to some of these games are ridiculous rule books so i think that that the amount of time that it takes to learn it is probably a bit off-putting also sometimes the time to play like if you suggest me uh, to play a game with you all like kind of surreptitiously look at the box and be like how long is this gonna take <laughs> can you, and then wait, i double on, whatever on. it says on the box can you <laughs> how do you oh you look at the time on the box, on the box i was like i was, yeah. just thinking, I was thinking you just analyze the pictures on the box no no i'll look like, at the box so they all say gonna... have time like time play i can like look at some right now mm-hmm. on the wall behind you and be like well okay that's gonna take it says an hour that means it's going to take two and a half hours yeah some, sometimes i feel like you you look at the time on the box and you just you're like is that the time for me to learn the game and play it or is that just the time it takes me to play it once i understand the whole game yeah <laughs> right. it's a little deceiving also some of the games that you have and i don't know if it's just the games that you choose or if it's the industry as a whole but some of them are just like not super appealing in terms of their theme and their art this is a very common problem in our industry you were very excited when you brought home a poster of epic spell wars from one of the board game conventions Mm -hmm, and you're like oh isn't this so cool and i looked at it and my face was just like uh nope Yeah, but really... I didn't say anything. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> please don't put that up anywhere in our house. That's actually really funny because um, it's a pretty gruesome picture. And, and later yeah. on, I'm like, later on, I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe this isn't really the greatest thing to hang. But I like I originally made the shelves to put like that picture on the shelves. Mm-hmm. And then later yeah. on, my nieces were over and I'm like, oh, I shouldn't even have this out. Yeah. So then that never came out again. Yeah, it's like uh, graphic. It's like cartoony. It's, Carto- it's cartoons, but sorry, when I said graphic, I, I meant graphic as in drawing, but it's it's also graphic as in like violent and <laughs> a little bit gratuitous in terms of Which the is art. hilarious because one time our little nieces wanted to come and see the board game collection. I'm like, yeah, sure. And then they're like, they're like, what's this picture? And I'm like, oh, it's nothing. And I have to like toss it away. <laughs> and they're like, well, we want to see it. It looks beautiful because it looks beautiful. Like, it, like if you didn't know it was yeah, violent, it actually looks really nice. There's a lot of like swords and knights and superheroes just generally in board games. And you just want to play Pretty Pretty Princess. And I just want to play Pretty Pretty Princess. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that just doesn't super appeal to me. But there are some games that you have brought home that I have found like, oh, that that looks cute. <laughs> oh, uh, what what might that be? So games that I like think the art wise looks good. Or the theme, the theme appeals or the art appeals to you. Okay, so definitely you just brought home Honey Buzz and you were playing Honey Buzz. Like I looked at that. I'm like, oh, my God, it's so cute. <laughs> bees working yeah and the and the the honey is actually like these little things that look like gummy bears yeah it looks like actual like, like little spilled droplets of honey you probably could substitute it with like gummy bears and <laughs> it'd be like totally acceptable and i like the calico because it's cats you're not really a cat cats. person though i'm not a cat person but i like cute stuff 
Yeah. Sushi go, obviously, if we're talking about cute things. But then things that like kind of go off of the realm of cuteness. I, in terms of like themes, Athenium or Athenium, I'm not sure 100%. I'm not sure what it is either. Pronunciation but... <laughs> of that word. We'll go with Athenium because it sounds more sophisticated. About library, of a library of books, like just generally that theme definitely appeals yeah. to me for the if the listeners don't know because it's not a really popular game oh you should play it everyone yeah it is a, it is a really good game it, the theme the theme is a mystic library so think like harry potter magic ish library but it's not really about magic it's more about collecting collections of books of the same topic yeah and then you get points at the end it's actually really fun it's a fun game yeah you just collect we collect books it's really well done i like liked or was excited to play mysterium park when you brought it home because i liked mysterium and then you sold that one to me as like a simplified version of Mysterium. I'm like, oh, simpler. I already mostly know how to play it. And I really liked the art from Mysterium. Right. And the theme of it being a spirit that comes to tell you who killed them, right? Right. Yes, yeah, so you're trying theme? to figure yeah. out where the spirit is. In the yes. Lo- it's like location. I can't remember everything, but it's like location, person, and item. It's something like that. S- similar to Clue, but like more like mystical well, and a bit steep. I mean, I'm just going to describe a game with another game. I mean, it, it's Dixit where you, you have these picture cards, you hand a card, and that's like your clue to try and figure out. And yeah, the, the Mysterium Park is all, the art is mystical. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, I could see that. I mean, it's appealing to me too. Yeah, I liked I liked the art and I liked the idea behind that game. Other games that I thought that might be interesting to play but I never played were <laughs> Brass Birmingham, but mostly I just wanted to read about the historical figures in their manual. <laughs> which, and, which you did. Uh, which I did, yeah. Because they're the same historical figures that were in like sure so when you were reading that they're the exact same characters again okay yeah yeah so you know them because <laughs> when we were playing lancashire you were actually reading that but you didn't even care about the game you're just no i wasn't interested i mean i was interested in the theme of the game because it's like victorian inventors mm-hmm. during the industrial revolution so obviously i found that interesting but i never played the game because it, it looked a little bit cumbersome also tapestry about civilizations i liked the art in that one and just the concept of of making civilizations but again never played the game <laughs> well hold on. okay so why why didn't you play the game? I had tapestry set up for like two or three weeks. Yeah. I mean, it. you were playing it by yourself, so. Yeah, but I mean, if you wanted to play it, all you had to do, so we're trying to solve this problem here. <laughs> Although I don't know if you'd really like that game. I think like, you told me that I wouldn't like it. Wow, I gatekeeped you? <laughs> you said, you. I'm like, oh, wow, it's about civilizations. That's kind of cool. And you're like, yeah, you wouldn't like it. Oh, okay. <laughs> And that's why and that's the real truth why you don't play games with you right there. No, I just I just thought you wouldn't like it because there's a million rules. Yeah, that's it. That's and the minute I have to spend an hour explaining you the game, I don't know if you're gonna like it. Right. That would be my gatekeeping. Instead of saying that, I just I guess I just said no. <laughs> Big mistake. And that's why I sleep on the ground, everybody. <laughs> I like Magic Maze as well, and that one I bought for you specifically so you could play with your friends because you don't talk in that game. So, <laughs> like, if you play it after 9 p.m. while I'm in bed, then I don't have to hear you guys. <laughs> wow, I'm never playing a game you buy me ever again. Okay, well, so what So what stops you from, I guess we kind of got a little bit into it, but is there any, like, direct reasons that stop you from, you know, wanting to play a game? when Because I have games set up all the time. Right, currently on your solo gameplay table you have marble champions yes guardians of the galaxy expansion sure 
<laughs> you don't even care. <laughs> I don't. Um, just looking at that one, I, I it, it does not look appealing to me. Not just because it's Marvel and I don't really care about superheroes, but also just any of those living card games where uh, there's a I like I like how you use living card games like you know what it is. You were asking me yesterday what the type of game it was. Don't need to know that. <laughs> You don't need to make yourself well. A living card game, just so you know, is a game that plays out with a lot of cards like magic, and every card is a different rule. Right. Yes. I was about to go on explaining that. Oh, okay. I did, well, go I ahead. did my no, research you, you for can, this episode. You can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's those games with cards that have descriptions on them. Anyway, each of the card has like a different skill or a different power for what you can do within the game. Those don't appeal to me. So like Marvel Champions, Arkham Horror, Magic, any of those games, not really interested. Also, any legacy game. Like don't make me play this game for the next 10 years. Wait, why is it 10 years? There's only 10 games. Okay, well, whatever length of time, I don't want to like continue playing a single game. I would like to, to restart and, and maybe try again from scratch. So okay. I prefer not to play a legacy game. I've never played a legacy <laughs> game, so I'm just assuming that I don't want to play it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're... I mean, so the well, the idea behind like a legacy game, like imagine you had Clue and you really like... I know you like Clue. Or 13 Dead and Drive. We're going to go with 13 Dead and Drive because yeah, you love 13 Dead and Drive. Yeah. Imagine they made one where forever, every character that gets killed off, like, or the you, you find the culprit. I think you find the killer. Is that what it yeah. is? Yeah. Yeah. So every time you find the killer, that character may be removed from the game and then they add in another mechanic. So that's kind of what a legacy game is. So like, for instance, if they did that with 13 Dead and Drive, my guess is that you would love it. Probably not now because you'd be like, well, I have to play this like 10 more times. But back when you were a kid, you probably would have loved it because you played 13 Dead and Drive a lot. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay well i mean the whole idea is to just get it to the table more often and that's like legacy games help you do it when you look at like a collector like myself it's hard to get games to the table but when you have a that's legacy true. game it helps you get it to the table yeah that's a good point that's a good yeah. point to make so they are simultaneously getting you to play their game more often and get to getting you to buy different versions of it. So it is a good marketing strategy. It is actually a really good marketing strategy. So the, those games are the games where I would be like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> um, also, I'm not a huge fan of like social deduction games in a group setting. So when we have like a big group of people, it's like, do you guys want to play Werewolf? And people are like, yeah. And I'm like, nah. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually with you on that too. I do like social deduction games, but I'm so terrible at those games, and I, that's not the only reason I don't like them. But right, I right. but that's one of the reasons. It's like I can't even like act and pretend I'm not the werewolf. Like I'm like yeah, I'm the werewolf, guys. Like is the game over now? Okay, good. Like <laughs> we're done. <laughs> yeah, some people really get into the acting part of it. And I do I, not. I know you don't, but do you not. you really like the competition ones that revolve around like trivia or knowledge. Or yeah and, you know, so like spelling. acting that way sure but like so like acting in cranium okay but i don't want to like have to keep up this whole charade of <laughs> charade. being a particular character i'm not good at it <laughs> you can just end the game if you want to <laughs> that's the problem okay well i don't know if that answered any of those questions but sweet so we kind of were talking a little bit about this what games have we played together in the last few years of this podcast or so within the last two years, what have we played together? And then is there any, anything that you consider a favorite of those games? So together we played Letter Jam, Villainous, 13 Dead End Drive, which, I mean, technically you could throw that out because it's your game and <laughs> you know, whatever. Wingspan, The Game. 
Pret-a-Porter, Space Team, Sacred Rites, Calico. Athenium. Yes. Deep Sea Adventure, mm-hmm. Medium, Wavelength. Oh, Wavelength, yeah. King Domino. We played Machi Koro. I think that was probably the first game that got you into buying a bunch of board games. That, yeah, that and Risk Legacy. And Risk, yeah. Uh, but you never, you play. never played play that, Risk. yeah. That might be be it from the ones that i'm looking at on the shelf did we play parks together i don't think you ever played no parks. i don't think i did uh, of course code names right there's a bunch of games maybe we played i mean like resistance you've also played i don't think you played coup have you i have not played coup i played the pandemic regular pandemic we played that on vacation with your family once zombie dice zombie dice right so yeah so of those games what what are my favorites yeah, like what did you enjoy of? I guess we just we basically just listed all the games you ever played in two years with me. What? I'm sure there's more. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. <laughs> what? Uh, what did you? Which ones were your favorites? So I like Letter Jam again because I like word games. That took us a minute to figure out how to play. I actually think that game is super hard to figure out, like how to play. Because I remember it was tricky to learn. So we how played to play that with your friends at a board game cafe. The last day we could ever go out before COVID, literally, yes. literally the weekend that everything shut down. Yeah. It was one of your friend's birthdays. And it was funny because it took us forever to figure out how to play it. And then I ended up buying it later. And then me and you still played it. And it still took it me still, forever to figure out to how, to how to play, play it. it. Yeah. But I liked it because I liked that different kind of concept of, of that word scramble idea, which is what that, that particular game is. Villainous, I thought it was great, probably just because it's like Disney. Disney. The, theme, the theme the theme really got yeah, you there. Yeah, the theme yeah. got me in that one. and But the game itself, the game play also kept me there so i am pretty sure i was the one that picked villainous when we played that game originally yeah probably machi coro i liked because it was cute so when you showed me that game i'm like oh it's cute yeah i mean like down. when you when you think about the first games i purchased like machi coro i i purchased but then quotes right most machi coro risk legacy sushi go and then later on i bought a bunch more but those three were like the first ones mm-hmm. and I actually bought those in mind of you because I'm like, you're you're going to love the art and that will, the theme will pull you in. Obviously, how do you not love the art in Sushi Go? Oh my God, the sushi's all smiling. Adorable sushi, (laughs) like, hello. (laughs) Wow, okay. But also I liked the concept of the economy game and Machi Koro. It's like a better, I guess the first time I played it, I was like, oh, this is way better than Monopoly or something, which is the only other economy Economy game game that I would have had a knowledge of. I liked King Domino as well, which I mentioned because of the simplicity of it. I was like, oh, I could just like take this to a coffee shop and play it with my friends while we talk and like catch up. Yeah, it's not as, yeah, you don't, you're playing it, but it isn't like as intricate. Like I think actually sushi goes harder to play because you have to be always counting everything in front of you. Yeah, right. it doesn't, that one King Domino doesn't take as many brain cells, but it's like cool (laughs) like conceptually it's a good game so it's basically a a tile placement game is that what it is yeah it's a tile placement game and you're trying to score points by placing the tiles getting the similar areas you're basically building these areas that are worth points yeah so enjoyed that game i also like sacred rights which you and john wrote me into playing because you needed three people sad story that company story machine games is no longer a company which is really sad because that game is really good yeah that was a really good game so they're not selling it anymore i think they're done selling it they had a sale about a month ago with all their games they have no more left yeah so we have one of the only we have remaining copies of sacred rights 
You want it? One million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good game, though. That was actually a really good game, and it's sad that it. That it the did have a, a a component of of social deduction, but mostly like a storytelling type. It was mostly storytelling, and that's why they 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 make it, their name was Story Machine Games. Oh, they, their basis they make storytelling games. Right, you got Which, it. Which yeah, I'm not usually good at those games, but it was it was kind of fun to to play it. I think it would be more. We only played it with three people, but that particular game would have been more fun with other other people. But unfortunately, the listeners now can't get that game. So, <laughs> well, you can't. Maybe it's available on their website. <laughs> Just buy it because you won't be. Uh, you will be impressed. Yeah, yeah. Now the demand for it's gonna spike. Yeah. Well. Yeah. The thirty listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And I like I like the game too that you mentioned because it's right. co op and it was super easy to play. Yeah, that that's kind of like the King Domino aspect where you're saying you're at a table and you're just it's like an activity. You're just yeah. playing cards. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah. So I don't I won't I don't want to be too deeply involved into it. Yeah. So those are the I I liked most of those games actually that you mentioned that we played. So obviously you did a good job at curating the games that you were introducing me to. And inviting me to the table to join. Has there ever been a game I made you play you didn't like? We played Pret-a-Porter together. <laughs> it was off the cuff. <laughs> and... Uh... <laughs> Are you trying to be nice over there? No, no. Sorry. I don't, I don't think you made me play it, but you're like, oh, you might like it because it's like fashion. I'm like, I don't really care for fashion, but okay. But that one is more of an economy game. I just found we, you were, uh, I w- obviously wasn't going to learn the rules to play the game. If we're going to play a game together, I'm not going to learn the rules. <laughs> and this is why I learned the rules. For this everybody. is why you have to learn the rules for all the games. And I feel yeah. bad for you that way. But at the same time, like I'm not that into board games. So I'm not going to choose a game where I have to learn the rules to it. Right. I'll choose a game I've played already, which is why we've played Wingspan multiple times and Villainous multiple times. But with Pret-a-Porter, we decided to learn the rules right when we were about to play the game. So it that was a bit drawn out. And I, I think that maybe that influenced my experience with the actual gameplay. Probably. I mean, I was learning it for like three hours and then you were like cooking, <laughs> making cookies upstairs. No, I think I was, all. yeah, I might have stopped to bake cookies. You're like, I'm just going like to go do something. Lying on the couch. You're like cleaning, so, yeah. cleaning the house, doing all the laundry. And I'm, you know, I'm just reading this rule book and I'm like, wow, this is a big mistake. I should have done this before. Yeah, it was a, it was a, turned out to be a complicated game to play. It was good, the game But though. once we played it, then I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I'm enjoying this. So I would have to play it a few times I think before I actually liked it but that I guess really goes to show that the drawback is the the learning curve of some of these more complicated games right okay so maybe with all this knowledge we can give some tips or recommendations to people who have significant others like yourself to get them to play with with me (laughs) with you (laughs) with me specifically So what types of tips can we give people like who are like me and have a significant other like yourself to get them to play with? Right. Know know your audience. So if you know that they like word games or they like acting games, then choose a game that involves that. Yeah, that's that's what I have. I have like start with games they already like. Right. Like you already. I, I know you like Scrabble. So I knew I could sell. I'm like a salesman. I know I could sell you Letter Jam. Right. If you like this, then you'll like this. Right, right. You like Clue. So I knew I could sell you Mysterium. Mm-hmm. Although it was a little exactly. bit more complicated to play. You did enjoy it a lot. Yeah, I don't right? think it was more complicated. Well, you played play, Dixit actually. too before we played it. So Dixit, you kind of had an idea. Game, yeah. And then like, I know you like trivia games because when I was with your family, we would play this 1970s version 
wasn't a trivial pursuit where no one could ever get the any of the Genesis edition. No one could ever get any of the like <laughs> acting questions, right? Because it was like it's 2000s. So outdated. But so I know like remember we played Geek Out? Geek Out. Yeah, which yeah. was great. That was great because we did normally you do it by yourself, but we did teams and that was super fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a party night. We that was really fun. Yes. And they have lots of versions of that. So. so yeah, so choosing games that are similar to games that you know that your significant other already enjoys, being prepared, so knowing how to play the game. So <laughs> if you show up to the table and and say, Hey honey, I got a game to play then make sure that you know how to play that game. So so on that note, I said, you know, make sure you choose a game with quick setup. The setup doesn't necessarily have to be quick as long as I come downstairs and the table is already set no, up with the game I, on I, it. I think like, like, think about like this, like the atmosphere where like, hey, what do you want to do tonight? Or like, let's play a board game. It's like, you don't want to, you don't want me to be setting up the game for an hour because then that takes away right exactly so if you set up the game in the afternoon and then you're like hey let's play this game tonight then it's already ready to go sounds like my friday night thing exactly like you plan out for your friends for friday well there's always a game set up you can always play one with me (laughs) this is true you do always have a game set. i do i have two but anyways the point is if you have a game that's quick to set up it's an easier sell yeah so if it's nothing's out there you know like for instance mysterium park is so easy to set up like i could i could toss out right now five minutes we could be playing right right and then that goes along with their rules make sure the rule set's really easy <laughs> yes or be like fully like knowledgeable. knowledgeable don't have to like reference back to the rule book multiple times right and we made a good point earlier to if you're playing with you know, let's say you're playing with my friends and a bunch of us know how to play. It's going to be way easier for you to yes. play. Like when we played Wingspan, several of us knew how to play Wingspan. Yep. It was easy to have you play Wingspan with us. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That That's a, a good situation. If you have other friends who already know the game, then invite your significant other into the game that way and it'll be more fun. Yeah. And then lighter, the rule with that is lighter games are generally the ones you probably want to choose like Mysterium Park, for instance. And then no one wants to wait around while you figure out the rules, which we exactly. talked about with Prenta Porte. Exactly. What else? So choosing the right theme. Oh. That might appeal to your significant other. Yes, we did talk about that a little bit. We did. And and I mentioned, you know, like, friends, you said you like anything cute. And Calico is a very good example if you like cats. Yeah. Or sewing. Or sewing. Or Honey Buzz if you like cute things <laughs> generally i like, like if you cute like things. books but if your significant other likes superheroes then choose like the marvel champions or choose unmatched or something yeah and then like i think everyone likes disney so like villainous is a very good sell for a lot of people yeah although it does have a really long length i mean even when me and you played it was over an hour the more people you get playing the longer it takes if you remember when we played a four-player game it took us like three hours to get through it it took us a while yeah but it was so worth it well i'm glad you like that game so much <laughs> if you yeah or like yeah i guess the the themed versions of games that already exist so we have like a harry potter code names that you brought home for me which was very exciting oh yeah um, that's what we forgot about yeah, yeah yeah we don't really play it though i we played it a couple of times and it's actually kind of hard well, because there's images there's not just Codenames is normally a verse. It's a team versus team, but that one is a co-op. But also, it's not just words. There's also pictures from right. the movie. So right. then if you didn't see the movie, sometimes you it's going to make it a lot harder yeah. to figure out what you're trying to come up with. I remember I wasn't very good with names. I'm good with pictures. So like some of the stuff, I'm like, I, I don't know what to say. Right. <laughs> Whereas like you, and, and it's funny because we both, I've read the book books several times and so have you. 
and I still don't know <laughs> who the characters are <laughs> when I look at them. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. Do the white hair. But that Bully would be, kid. Uh, but that would be a good like selling feature for if you have a game that your significant other may, maybe already knows how to play and just get them a version that's that's a theme that they like. I have a friend who he's he's into board games moderately. I would say a little bit like him and his wife play board games over your level but below my level. And his wife really loves Harry Potter, and so they play this a deck building game based on Harry Potter, and she loves it because she's a huge Harry Potter fan. Right. I mean, Harry Potter people really just love anything Harry Potter themed, so I mean, Harry Potter is the best. It truly is. Yeah. It's truly magical. <laughs> Doesn't need real magic because it's magical. And then I also feel like don't push your significant other into playing a complicated game. Like like, like Prata Porte? Yes. Like I, <laughs> di- I didn't technically push you to play that. I just kind of forced you to sit at the table when I was set up. <laughs> you just kind of like bound my hands behind my back and <laughs> put me down beside the table. Yeah. I knocked you out first and I had to like... You woke up at the table and pret a porte was set up. <laughs> you still didn't know how to play it. I was eating all the cookies he made. <laughs> yeah, like don't I guess I guess when that when that came down to it, I'm like, you know, I kinda described it to you and I'm like, this would be cool economy game and you're like, like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> Although now I'm hearing you're like, eh <laughs> it didn't look the greatest, but it was it was an easier sell and but then like when I think about it, I'm like, well the game was pretty complicated. It's sort of like you need your significant other to choose that game instead of you. So like, you know, if I ever wanted you to play Root, which you could look at the shelf there, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like there's cute animals on it, but... There is, but that seems like a really complicated game. Well, it's, I think you hear us talk about it being complicated, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So that's not going to, no. Yeah, so the minute, and that's the thing, right? Like, so I guess if you want your same other to play Root, just don't... Just keep saying how easy it is. just tell them how easy it is like, oh it's an easy game it's the so you're just saying game. like dupe and deceive your significant other <laughs> uh we gotta move on <laughs> no i'm kidding i i'm trying to say the opposite like they need to come to the conclusion that they want to play it and then you just help them help them play it if you're you know at our levels right? yeah i mean root was hard for me to learn I'm not sure which game I came to the cl- conclusion I wanted to play can you recall preto porte oh I did yeah you think you, did. you think so <laughs> yeah you, you if you didn't want to play it i wouldn't have forced you to play it you know that's why you don't play a lot of these uh, games i think that was a bit of a sympathy play i think because none of your friends had played it with you yet and so i felt bad so wow you're the best significant <laughs> other ever i just actually felt really bad for you so i went and baked cookies <laughs> learned the rules for five hours and when I came down, you still didn't know how to play. You're like, oh, no one, no one will play it with me. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll play it. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest mistake of my life. Yeah, there you sure go. You need, you need, you need some sympathy. You just yeah. kind of like, oh. Just be like, oh, I need someone to play this brand new game with me. <laughs> Who will do that? Is that what I was like? So sad. <laughs> Probably. Why yeah. do I sound so small? Am I like a little <laughs> tidy person? <laughs> yes, Hello. you shrink when you're sad. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, that's crazy. All right. Well, I didn't know that. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> okay. Well, so, okay. So there's some amazing advice from us. We have great advice, everyone. 
welcome to us anytime. <laughs> All right. So now you know how to convince your significant other to play some really great games. Make sure you use our tips and let us know how they worked. And just to recap that, you know, choose games they already like, choose themes they like, choose games that they already know how to play, let them lead into the more complicated games and try those out and tell us that they work. And, and definitely make sure you dupe them into playing a game there too. <laughs> or, and look really sad. Uh, <laughs> yes, pity is your final, two main final option. <laughs> if nothing else works. All right. So there you go. That's the conclusion of the podcast, but we're going to do something fun to end uh, of off here. Of course we are. <laughs> Okay. I love fun things. Yeah, yeah. You look. I like, thought this whole thing was fun. You look like you're. Apparently anticipating... now, friends, we are reaching the fun part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no one can see me. My hands in front of me, caressing them. <laughs> That's not even the right word. <laughs> All right. Okay. So this is your chance, Samantha, to be funny. Oh boy. I'm gonna name a game, and you're gonna pretend to be me. This is like role reversal. Yeah, we're going to be role playing. Are you sure this is not for therapy? <laughs> I don't know. Is Kevin a psychologist or is he an editor? All of the listeners Actually, can be psychologists. I hope so. Okay. So you're going to so. pretend to be me. So as me, how would you convince yourself, which will be me? I'll right. be playing you. You'll be playing right, me. Right, I get how it. How would you convince me to play these games? Okay, got it. Okay, ready? Yes. Okay. Villainous. A game about Disney villains for grown-ups. Wow, I love Disney, but villains? I'm not a big fan of the villains. Is are the other characters in the game? Like is Cinderella in the game? Cinderella is in the game. Oh, <gasps> really? Yes. But you get to play as a villain. You get to be evil. What about Pretty Pretty Princess? Can I go around <laughs> collecting items? Uh, no, but the, the meeples are beautiful. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Collect them all. Are they collector's items? They are. Yeah. Oh, They're collectible. All right. Yeah. Convinced. All right. Letter jam. Word scramble on crack. No, I'm not into crack. <laughs> are you into word scramble? I am, but crack really didn't sell me. <laughs> Calico. Cats. Quilts. If I'm you, I don't really like cats. But it's so cute. Oh, quilts? Did you say quilts? Quilts. Is there buttons? Buttons. Oh, I love buttons. Buttons, <laughs> buttons are my favorite thing in the world. I wish I had a hat with giant buttons. You... I'm actually saying that because she has a hat with giant <laughs> buttons on it. <laughs> yeah, you get to make quilts. And the cats sleep on them. You don't care about cats. <laughs> if it so was dogs, cute. though, if it was dogs, you'd be like, you'd be buying like your own version of that game. The game. It's co-op, so no unfriendly competition. Oh, you mean I'm not going to get angry when Matt wins at, like, <laughs> Domain? <laughs> Matt winning. <laughs> so funny about that. Dixit. Trippy artwork. It's like apples to apples, but it's actually good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. I, actually, that's a funny note because we played apples to apples together, and, and Don't Dixit. Like it. Dixit is just like a way better game. It's a fantastic game. Yeah, it's because it, it, you use your imagination a lot more. Apples to apples, just words thrown down. Mm -hmm. Trippy though, I'm not really into drugs. I feel the artwork is like has a dreamlike quality to it. Dream I, I love sleeping. <laughs> I sleep twelve hours a day. Stop it. And then the final one, 
Magic the Gathering. There is a potential for a return on investment if you get the right cards and you don't touch them for 10 years. Return on investment? Return on investment? Yeah. Oh, I love saving money. It is my favorite thing in the whole world. Let's well, do it. You'll make money if you buy the right magic card. But I just read today that prices fluctuate like crazy. It's more unstable than Bitcoin. Okay, maybe you should stop buying magic cards then, Matt. <laughs> I'm not Samantha. mad. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope those liners will help. You know, I, I feel like you should role play with your best friends and trying to get your significant others to play the game. It's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. It also helps you make fun of your significant other. It too. really does. And I did all mine improv. So Sam has no way. I just came up with that stuff on top of my head. So <laughs> How, did you like it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I guess I'm not. That was, that was the most fun part of the podcast. Right, everyone? Yay. <laughs> I like your sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, the 40 psychologists are writing down their notes right now. <laughs> All right, so I just want to say thank you for being on the show, Samantha. It was it was a lot of fun being a guest co-host. Thanks for me, having me. Even though it took two years, although that's not because it's just because that's just how long it takes us to do it's things. Just because John couldn't make it tonight, so <laughs> I'm an Look, emergency backup fill in. Everyone. We we have a we have a lot of we have a hard time getting like regular people on the show and it's just it's not because of their schedule it's just because of our schedule like we're planning and thinking we're trying to make things work and it just takes a long time you have a great podcast i listen to every episode and i'm not just four, saying 40 that. times <laughs> <laughs> which gets us our numbers okay so you know as a non-gamer why should someone listen to friday night games podcast because their husband hosts it <laughs> and you want to be supportive <laughs> That's a good answer. I like your answers. It's <laughs> a really good one. But really. I think I like when you guys talk about the gameplay experience more than the technical details of the game. I'm not really interested in that because when I come to play a game, you would have learned it already and have it already prepared on the table for me. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't need the technical details. Oh, that's how we're going to play. Guess, guess we're playing Root this weekend. <laughs> But I do like when you guys talk about your gameplay experience and how different characters, and by characters, I mean Our you friends. and your group of friends, yeah. reacted to the game and, and how it went. So I think I always find that funny. Yeah, it's definitely been more of a storytelling for John and I. We, we definitely take the group and then make them characters and tell the story of them, how they reacted, which is more entertaining than when they tell. Although it is funny when we get them on because then they're like, that's not how that went down. And it's like, <laughs> get out of your ego. Throw your ego down. <laughs> so what could we do better to maybe make Friday Night Game podcast appeal to people like yourself? Have me on more often. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that's that's hard because usually you, you work late. Have people on the show that are not experts in the board game. Can you get Jerry Seinfeld on the show? He, that guy's hilarious. <laughs> that guy is really funny. <laughs> One time you asked me who my dream guest would be. I know, I listened to that episode of, of your podcast. I'll just shut up now. <laughs> and this one's a little fun. If you had a podcast, what would it be about? Well, I do have a podcast, uh, which you would know if you listened to it. <laughs> That's a meditation bug, guys. <laughs> it's actually 10 episodes about yoga and philosophy, and it's called Five Minute Insights. Do I have to sleep on the ground tonight? <laughs> I know the answer to that one. You don't have to respond. I'll get my pillow out of the you room. You can listen to the entirety of that podcast in less time than it would take you to learn how to play any of the games on your shelf. Wow, look at that review. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a much, much more serious podcast. 
and I haven't recorded that in a long time. It's just one season. Probably has more listens than ours. All right. <laughs> well, Samantha, thank you for being on the show. I hope you had a lot of fun. I did. Yay. <laughs> There's no sarcasm in there at no, all. No, that's supposed to be the sound of like sound effects of people cheering in the background. Oh, you want? Ke- oh, so well, hopefully Kevin put that in. If not, it's just if gonna be not, a really it's awkward. Just often me going, yay. Really awkward, yay, every now and then. Anyway, so thank you for being on the show, Samantha. Thank you for doing this and filling in for John on short notice. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I also love how prepared you were too. It was awesome. Yeah, because I don't know much about board games, so I had to write some notes. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's good times. If you like what you hear, you can check out our podcast released every Friday. And you can follow us on Instagram at Friday Night Games underscore official, Twitter at Friday Night GMS, search us on YouTube, and check us out at our website at FridayNight.Games. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. But I said my name's Samantha. Like, I don't like that. Perfect. It's great. No, no, you can't. No, no. Uh, Kevin can cut your voice out. So it's great. Anyways, let's keep going. (laughs) No, no, no. That was perfect. That was actually really good. I don't know. Look.